1: Hello, and welcome to the Alien Minute podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm Mitch Bryan. And I'm John Engel, and this minute begins on a hallway,
0: and it ends with an emergency helmet. All right, so right now we're still roaming through the ship. Uh, the camera is taking us down the hallway, showing us some different,
1: um, different rooms of the ship. It shows us the room that's going to be, we're going to find out is the... The kitchen or the mess hall, and there on the table is one of the first bits of movement that we see in the movie. Right, right. Um, and we're we'll go in close later, but it's right. But it's one of those dippy birds. Dippy birds. Those uh, little birds that called? you they're on a hinge and they you push them down and their beak hits the water and. Somehow, as it absorbs the water, it creates this perpetual motion back and forth of this right, bird wetting right. its beak again and again and again.
0: So yeah, we d- we talked about this a little bit off mic, uh, and we don't really know what these things are. <laughs> so <laughs> my question from, is:
1: or... Does it go? Is it truly perpetual motion? I don't know because does it like? Can't wouldn't be... the water eventually dry up? Or well, they've been in here for they've been in space it... forever, right?
0: Well, how long have they been? I mean, this is, brings up a question for for, I guess, a couple not minutes from now. Not but suspended but animation. H- how long have these, I mean, obviously these, you know, the crew, uh, who we have not met yet, um, they must have set these off, right? They must have started these birds in motion. So how long have they been asleep? Or I have wherever no idea. they are? I mean, technically, at this point in the movie, we don't even know there's a crew um, uh, present, or if they're alive, or if they had to abandon ship, or whatever mystery is trying to be established here, but... So, yeah, basically...
1: We we are here to entertain Dippy Bird theories. If anybody has one, uh, write us right in. Let us know what you think. If you know what these things are, where they came from, we didn't... I had one as a kid. Yeah, I never...
0: I I was telling Mitch that the first memory I have of seeing one in a movie was in Dark Man, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, Sam Raimi's film Dark Man with Liam Neeson, and uh, the, uh, the villain uh, uses one as sort of a, of a time bomb kind of situation. It's been a long time since I've seen Dark Man, but that's where I remember it from. But otherwise, I don't know what these things are. So uh, if anyone wants to go to AlienMinute.com uh, or email me at john at com, let us know what you think. Or, you know, eventually, I, I suppose we'll have a Facebook page maybe by the time we start recording. The Dippy Bird
1: Facebook Di- page. Dippy Bird
0: Theories, please. All right.
1: So we pan left, though, or we move yeah. left. And tell me what, what's this so thing on, that we see.
0: on the wall, I mean, there were some familiar items, uh, probably looked pretty futuristic at the time, but familiar items, uh, coffee makers, and there's a coffee grinder. Um, I had to look it up to make sure that's what it was, but uh, on the wall, on the left, as you're leaving the mess hall, is a Krups brand coffee grinder. And uh, you may recognize this as Mr. Fusion from Back to the Future. At the end, they use the same coffee component as a prop in the uh, Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future, as Mr. Fusion, that object that uh, Doc Brown uses to fuel the the DeLorean at the end. So it's interesting that they reason I wondered if, if they were mindful of or if it's just a coincidence or it just, just looks futuristic.
1: to the brilliance of German design. Yeah, That's got to be it.
0: Krupps was just so far ahead of their time with design that uh, everyone just thought, yep, yeah, this looks like the future. Let's use it as a prop. So yeah, interesting, just a little bit of trivia
1: there. So and we continue tracking back the camera yeah. continuing operating on its own uh, on its own will, apparently. Right. And um, we get a sense of the corridor that leads us into the bridge. and this right. is our first view of the bridge and I' mentioned this before, but something sure. really weird happens, right?
0: Well yeah, when they come uh, when, the ca- when they come, when the camera comes in to the bridge, Uh, You know, it it tracks across the bridge set and papers rustle. And we were talking about this uh, initially as being, well, you know, there's different changes in air when you open a door. Well, that doesn't happen here. There's no real natural reason for the wind to blow sheets of paper. So two things. One, there's, there's no diegetic reason for the paper to rustle what's going on. And two, they had to have intended for this to happen. I mean, it's it's heavy beautifully in the, timed, yeah. It's beautifully timed, and it's heavy in the sound mix, too. So they really want you to notice these papers wrestling, even though probably you watch the film, uh, if you don't watch the film one minute at a time, you
1: probably never think of it again. But the mystery does, it begs the question, okay, are we in somebody's point of view? Right. Because we don't know yet. Right. We could be. This could be revealed to that's be somebody true. walking around in the ship. Of course, we come to find out later that that can't be the case because nope. we're going to see that our crew are all in suspended animation, but we don't know that yet. So it's a great tease. It's a great way to build mystery yeah. uh, and, again, to assert the storyteller, the presence of the storyteller right. um, who can do anything. And, and that's, that's important because y- you build up a, a strange relationship of both trust and fear in terms of what right. this camera and this movie will do to you right
0: uh, and something else you know a technical filmmaking aspect i wanted to discuss about the camera movement in general here um what it's showing us it's showing us different compartments it shows the hallways the different compartments of the ship and uh, establishing the geography of the setting we're going to be in for most of the film and uh, i wanted to talk about why that you know why make that choice why are we uh are, are, are we giving the audience uh, a sort of a map of the ship so as the action is taking place later in the movie, uh, they're always oriented to where they are in the ship or they're not having to think about where they are in the ship. I mean,
1: is that what you think is going on here? or I think so. I think it's just presenting the idea that the ship, and this isn't anything mind-blowing, no. are a series of chambers connected by corridors. Right. And corridors are going to become a major... Character in in the way that this movie sure. plays out. There's a lot of people running through corridors, especially in the third act of the movie.
0: I mean, you, you know, when you're watching this movie in 1979, you've been on board of a couple of spaceships, you know, starships, in some movies, but not quite like this. This is much more like a submarine. You know, I think of it as it's a, it's a, not as tight as a submarine, but you get the idea of an, it's a more nautical sort of motif to the ship. Um, but maybe and we're always you see... seeing
1: ceilings. We're always being shown ceilings, sure. so that we feel that we are we are completely closed in. We are completely hemmed in.
0: Now and, and then that speaks to maybe the lenses they're using. You think or something like I suppose you can make different choices with the camera that
1: wouldn't have tightened down the ceilings, right? Or is it right. just a shot? Well, I think bolt? when you I think you know if placing the camera lower right. where it is certainly wider lenses when. When you need them to give sure. you a, this deeper sense of geography, but yeah, I think it's I think the idea is to make sure we understand that there's a roof on this thing, right? And we're not in a we're not in a, a corny old movie set where you never see the ceiling because the lights are hanging up there. I mean, it's everything is practical. The lighting is practical. Right. Um, the design is practical, and all of that goes to building this um, illusion, you know of. Uh, because at, th- at the end of the day, and as we find out when we get deeper into the movie, it's a haunted house movie. It's right. a spooky old ship, and it's a spooky old ship that even has clanking chains hanging around at one right. point or another. So <laughs> so before we get there, we're going to establish that we are in a, a functioning vessel. Right.
0: Do you remember uh, when you first saw this, having a thought uh, when they cut from the outside? You saw, You remember talking about how you felt when you saw the outside of the ship? Do you remember thinking when they cut to the inside? Oh, this is something. This isn't what I expected to see, or was it just kind of a natural cut? And because I can't think of any other spaceship in a film earlier that would have evoked the same kind
1: of imagery. Yeah, certainly like, nothing. Nothing right. that I can think of really looked like that. Yeah, you know, there was the 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 ship from um, uh, what was the movie uh, with Bruce Stern and the and the robots. Um, uh, um. <laughs> The the trouble so, I know Douglas it's not silent was it silent running?
0: It's silent running, that is it. I thought for a minute that was a submarine. I was movie. definitely gonna talk about Silent Running. I knew and that it's set this on is a, gonna come they, up. They shot some,
1: it on an aircraft carrier.
0: Well I was I, I remember thinking about Silent Running when I was thinking about the design ship design in the Star Cruiser, the more like the ship the Star Cruiser as opposed to the even though in Silent Running it's a uh, a practical ship, it's meant for a very specific purpose. It's not a cruise ship. Right. But boy, it's clean and it's like sleek and yeah. Has those big domes off it? Silent Running is a whole other movie to talk about. But uh, stay which, tuned for Silent Running, minute by minute. You you kind of have to talk about Silent Running because at the time, other than Star Wars, was that not the most recent example of uh, of a spaceship? You know, a Probably. crew on a ship. I mean, we didn't even get that in Star Wars, really. I mean, you see ships, but you don't get the the small crew on the ship like you did in two thousand one and and uh, Silent Running. So. It was definitely in people's minds, at least sci-fi fans. The few people that I don't think Silent Running had a huge audience, but uh, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, in the Yeah, you theater. saw it because you were read, uh, <laughs> reading Starlog <laughs> magazine and stuff. But uh, yeah, now, I so, just
1: remember they called the they had the little robots that they called drones. Yeah, and I remember thinking when I when I saw the droids in Star Wars, it's like, oh, right. that's kind of R two D two y, and it's yeah. kind of a dr vowel name. Right. Yeah. Well. All right, well. I think that does it for us. I think
0: that does it for this minute. So, uh, all right, well, that's it for minute number four. Um, if you want to check out our website, it's alienminute.com. You can email me at john at alienminute.com. Uh, we're looking for Dippy Bird Theories. Let's not forget about that. So and Drop email into us iTunes us. And, and leave us a review if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, thank you very much.